you glad he's good to you? Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. If you brought your Bible with you today or have a Bible app on your thingamajigger, device, iPad, whatever, uh, find the book of Romans, if you would, Romans chapter 4, Romans the fourth chapter. Uh, we've been teaching for the last couple of months now uh, a message that you might recall we entitled, This Fixes Everything. And uh, as I said to you in the beginning, I'm not... I'm not real quick to use all-inclusive statements, to use words like everything. However, there are times when those words are appropriate. And we found in Scripture there are times when the Lord Himself uses the word all and everything. Uh, and so we, we, should, we should use them when it's right and, and, and not when it's not right, right? Right, right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry for the redundancy of my verbiage. We'll get creative from here on out. Uh, but we're talking about the power of what you believe. The power of what you believe. And if you believe right, it fixes what's wrong. Yeah, really God has invested within our belief system, our ability to, to live by faith, um, the necessary ingredients to change or to alter Everything. It really does have that wide scope of effect upon life. Let, let's start by reminding um, us of these scriptures that we've been using throughout the series. Uh, but the beginning, of course, we read all the context and, and slow walked it. Now let me speed up. 1 John 5, 4 reads, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Yeah, yeah. If you've been overcome by the world, good news. Faith turns that thing upside down. Faith turns the circumstance around. And if we will believe correctly, everything changes. This is what God has said. This overcomes the world. Amen. And then over in the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter... And the 29th verse, Matthew 9, this is where two blind guys came to Jesus seeking healing. And uh, the end of that reads this way, Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Not according to God's will, not according to God's sovereignty, not according to God's power. But Jesus said, according to what? Your faith, your faith, that is what made the difference for these formerly blind guys. And that's what will make the difference for you and me. Whether it's a need to overcome the world, whether it's a need to go from a, a physically impaired condition like blindness, or whatever else is on the table, Jesus put it in the, the, the court of believing. Amen according to your faith. And then Mark 9:23, Mark 9:23, Jesus said to him, this father who had a child with issues, he said to him, "If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes." So there's one of those all statements right there. Yeah? How many things are possible? All. And who are they possible to? 
he who believes. Not to everybody. No, not saying everybody. All things are possible to everyone. No, because not everyone believes. Everyone can believe because believing is a choice. It's a choice we make. And so we all have the potential, the opportunity to access all things possible type of, of lives. But Jesus connected this to what we believe. And again, he did this over and over in, in many scriptures. Uh, those give us the gist of what he's teaching. Now, in Romans chapter 4, uh, I want to read a couple verses over here. And this has to do with, this is recounting uh, part of Abraham's story. You find in scripture that Abraham is kind of a big deal. All right, He's called the father of, of our faith. And, uh, and, and he was an individual that is highlighted, that, he, that is pointed to again and again and again, not only his account in Genesis there, but throughout Scripture in the New Testament, he's continually referenced as an example for us. And uh, if we want to be uh, someone that others can follow, we should follow the, this father of faith, Abraham. Amen. Fathers, if you want to be um, a good father, and if you're a father, you do want to be a good father because uh, you love your, your, your children and love those in your, uh, in your influence. If you want to be a good father, uh, what should you do? One of the best things you can do is be a person of faith. Be a person of strong faith. Someone who says, uh, we're not going to let the devil run this house. We're not going to let the enemy trample over our home and our lives and our kids and our finances and over our health. I am going to be the one who sets the stage, sets the example, who leads the way. We are going to believe God exactly what He said. And that's how Abraham became so famous is because he believed God in the face of circumstances that shouted the opposite. And here, here was his deal. Uh, uh, God came to him and said, you are the father of many nations. And his circumstances were saying, what? No, you're old. (laughs) Your wife is old. You have no kids. And she's barren. And so, no, 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 no. That's what circumstances were yelling at him. But what did he do? In the midst of it, he believed what God said. And there, that made zero sense from a natural standpoint. Well, you're crazy, man. You're hearing voices. What are you thinking? You're going to be the father of many nations, huh? Uh, and he believed it and became famous for it. He believed it because it, got, it brought God's power on the scene. Do you know that he didn't become the father of many nations just because God said it? God saying it was a key component, but it didn't just happen because God decided to do it. If that were true, we have a whole book misleading us, telling us that he was a great person of faith when really his faith had zero to do with it. It was all up to God. (laughs) Everybody with me today? The reason we know about Abraham and the reason he's set up as an example is because he did exactly what we need to do. We need to look in the face of circumstances that say you can't do it, you'll never have it, you'll never amount to it, God's promises will never happen in your life, you're different, you're, you're, you're unique, and it's not good. <laughs> and we need to look in the face of those circumstances and say, no, I believe God. I believe what He said. I believe His promise. I believe it. And we stand and see it come to pass. Yeah, He did it. Of course, He had the child and so forth. Let's read what Romans has to say about Him, or at least a couple verses about this. 
Romans chapter 4, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead. And look, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's a very important phrase there. Calls those things that do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. So how did he become the father of many nations? Well, it was according to what was spoken. He received a word from God and he believed it. Even though, like we said, all circumstances were saying, no, no, that can't be so. That'll never be the case. No, you can't have that. You can't be that. You can't do that. He said, I believe it anyway. Hallelujah. And it came to pass in his life. But Abraham believed what was spoken, not what was seen, not what he saw. Uh, And we are supposed to do this. This is written for our example. And this language where it says God calls things that be not as though they were. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything in your life that needs, that needs a new name? In other words, you've been calling it like you see it. You've been calling it, uh, I'm, talking gener- I'm talking about negative things, about things that are wrong, but you call it, you say, it says ouch and you say ouch, and it says lack and you say lack, and it says, you know, in incapable or in a- unable to do something, and you repeat that and describe it exactly like you see it. Is there anything that needs a new name, meaning you need to say like Abraham, like what he said, his body said no, and his wife said no, and her womb said no, and everyone around them said no, and he said, I'm the father of many nations. I believe God. I am the father of many nations. No kids. I am the father of many nations. And I believe there are things in our lives that need that same approach. All right, Just like a doctor might prescribe certain medications for certain symptoms and certain conditions, there are many things that happen in our lives, and this is what's prescribed by God. You need to start calling it the way it's supposed to be. You've been calling it the way it is, and you need to call it the way it's supposed to be. Amen. I remember, Je- I remember Jesus one day when he was uh, ministering and there was this woman who had this spine problem and, uh, and she was bent over for, for many years and, uh, and, and she couldn't raise herself up. And Jesus described that situation. He, he described her. He said, he, he, he said, ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, lo, all these years, be loosed today? And it was a Sabbath day because that's when the religious people didn't like God to move. And... Uh, uh, he said, ought not she be loosed on this day? In other words, what, what was Jesus saying? He's saying this situation ought to be one way, but it's not. She ought to be able to stand up straight and move freely, but she can't. That's wrong. He said, so she ought to be free. I wonder if there's anything in your life that ought to be a certain way that's not. It ought to be in accordance with God's word and his promise and his covenant with you. Huh? But it's not. It's wrong. It's a curse. It's a bondage. It's a, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. And it ought to be a different way. How, how, how do we fix that? We call it the way it's supposed to be. We call the thing that's not as though it were. I call a lack abundance. I call sick healed. I call I don't know 
I know. I call a lack of wisdom full of wisdom. Amen. You find what's wrong and you call it right. I've always been opposed to the language when it comes to parenting. I've always been opposed to labeling and describing children, your own children, in accordance with their behavior. I like to separate behavior from who someone is. You know what I mean by that? It's not a denial of what's going on. But I, I, we, never, we never call our children, if they're acting, let's say, bratty. <laughs> we never call them brats. We, 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 never, we never, never gave them that. You're just a, man, you're just a disobedient child. You're just a, no. Now, we would deal with the behavior and say, listen, that is this, and that's not who you are. I didn't want them to, to take on the, the mentality of, I'm a bad person. If you tell someone they're a bad person, bad behavior is normal. But if you define and describe someone, just like we taught last week, how, who we are in Christ, we define someone as, you're an obedient child, you're an honorable child, you're a, uh, you know, you, you've got all these things, that's who you are, so what in the world was that? <laughs> we are not doing that here. We're not going to act that way because that's not who we are. And when it comes to our lives, what, how do we describe ourselves? Many people, they have a sickness, and so they, they start labeling. They start defining themselves by that. Well, I'm a diabetic. Well, I'm a this. And they, they, I'm a, you know, I have cancer or I'm, I'm you know, whatever their limitation. They, they say that about themselves all day long. What, what's that called in Scripture? That's called calling it. When you call something, you attract it. It's like your dog, hopefully. You know, when I say, Herc, come, sometimes he comes. <laughs> but that's what it's designed to do. You, you, you call something to you. And when I call blessing and healing and life, and deliverance, and health, and protection, and wisdom, and peace. I'm calling it to me. Instead of just saying, cursed, you know, and, and describing the problem. You see, calling something that be not as though it were. That might sound like a strange sentence structure there, but that, that we get that from, from the word here. It's different than calling those things that are as though they're not. In other words... What the Lord is not saying here, as an example for us to follow, is to just go around saying, I have no problems, there are no issues, in a denial sense of way where I'm saying, no, no, everything's perfect. Well, no, it's not. It's not perfect. We're not denying that problems exist. We're calling the problem fixed. We're calling the body healed, not saying there's nothing wrong, not saying... There is nothing there. It's the reason we use faith because a lot of things in life are not the way they ought to be. They're not the way God wants them to be. They're not according to His will. They're not according to His plan. They're going contrary to the Word of God. And so He needs someone with a faith-filled voice that will do like Abraham and say, Father of many nations right here. Yeah. Now that's not His promise to me. You understand? But Someone who will say, by His stripes I was healed. Someone who will say, I call my body... Mm. Someone will say, I call these bills 
paid in full. I call this house a house of prayer and peace. And you know what I'm saying? How do, you, how do we describe it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, the Lord will help us as, as we do this. You, you remember uh, over in the book of Joel, chapter 3 and verse 10, it reads, Let the weak say, I am weak. And I got... No? Let, let the weak say what? I am strong. Well, why would a weak person say they're strong? Because they don't want to stay weak. Because they recognize weak is not good and strong is good, so we call it right. We straighten it out. We align our words and our faith with the promises of God, not with what we see and feel. Amen. And there are some things in our lives that we need to start saying differently. We need to speak towards them differently. We're not saying, I have no sickness. I have no sickness. I have no sickness. What are you doing? All you're talking about is sickness. Let's access the power of God and declare life and declare victory and declare blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, over in the book of, uh, of Luke, in the 17th chapter, uh, Jesus made some statements about faith over here. And, uh, and it reads, uh, and slow down a little bit on your verses for me, which if you would. Uh, it, it reads over here in Luke chapter 17. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea and it would obey you. What does a person with faith sound like? He said, if you have faith, you can say. If you have faith, you can say. If you don't have faith, you can't say stuff like that. If you don't have faith, you don't say things that are seemingly naturally impossible. They don't make any sense whatsoever. But if you have faith, you can say. And so a person with faith, they recognize the power and the value of saying. And specifically, the value of calling. We call things the way they ought to be, the way they're supposed to be, not the way we see them. Amen. You know, by the way, uh, in, in a verse like that, how many know Jesus was not advocating small faith? I know sometimes it's been taught that way. Well, Jesus said, you have faith as a mustard seed, so I just need a little tiny bit of faith. You will not find in any other part of Jesus' teaching or his relationships with people that he advocated uh, that they have small faith. Well, just get as little of faith as possible. In fact, just the opposite. You'll find that he had sometimes would get on people's case and said, Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, and he would praise those who had great faith, strong faith, say, That's amazing. That is impressive, strong faith. So when it comes to the mustard seed, this is good news because if you'll take whatever faith you have, even if it is little, and use it and plant it, it will grow into something amazing. Yeah, I think the focus is more not on, Hey, everybody get little faith. <laughs> but, but more on use your faith, plant it, do something amazing with it, and even something small will grow and produce great things in your life. Amen. Do you know, if you're a Christian here today, if you're a believer, you're saved, do you know that you have a lot of privileges in Christ? Privileges. I know sometimes in our days, in our day and age, in our culture, everyone talks about different groups having privilege. You know, they talk about this on the wacko campuses around our country. And uh, this group has this privilege, and this group doesn't have this privilege. Well, here's good news. 
if you're a Christian, you have privilege. In fact, there are many, many privileges that you've been given just because you're in the right family. You know, that independent of where you were born or what advantages or disadvantages you had coming into this world and, and through families and different things, you may have had obstacles or benefits or perks or hindrances. In Christ, we all have great privilege. Yeah, over, in fact, that's one of the things uh, we do is we study and we, um, we give attention because our goal is to find out discover and walk in the benefits and privileges that we have in Christ. Uh, This far exceeds any disadvantages you and I would ever have in Christ. But it all comes back to this. I discover it. I find out what specifically is what He has, has given to me as His child, what the Father has given to me as His child, so that I can believe it. Because then the belief activates it. The belief fixes the lack, the suffering. The belief fixes whatever is contrary to what He has promised or provided. And so I've shared with this, this with you multiple times already. I'll say it again. It's not a matter of just if we believe, but the issue is what we believe. Everybody in here believes something. But not all of us at all times believe the right thing. And believing the wrong thing has real life implications. All right? Believing the right thing also has a real life experience of uh, it affects it affects our personal experience in life. Let me give you a few examples um, of what we are to believe. Okay? These are general enough where they cover everything but they're specific enough to where we get beyond, I just, I have faith. We get beyond, I believe in God, okay? And if I could be a little more specific, and I really want to make sure I get to the third one because it's one of the most important things that I ever can teach, I think, to a a Christian, to a believer, all right? And so uh, here's how they go. I am to believe, number one, what God says. Not just believe in God, not just believe in Jesus. Those are important statements. Those are necessary. I want to go beyond that. What specifically do I believe? What God says. If I don't know what He says, then I can't believe what He says. Yeah? In Romans chapter 4 and verse 3, it reads, For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He did what? Believed God. And now think about that statement. Let me read another one. Acts 27, 25. Therefore take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be as it was told me. I believe what? God. Now I I can remember years ago having a discussion with one person, and I would use that language. I would say, I, you know, I believe God. And it, it, it confused them quite a bit because they didn't think that it was proper or, or right English or something. They, they just didn't understand it because they had very little teaching and no problem. Uh, but, but they said, well, I don't, what do you mean you believe God? I believe in God. What, what do you mean you believe God? 
Okay? If I say, I believe Amy. I believe Amy. What am I, what am I saying? What, what do you want to know next? If I say, I believe Amy. You want to know what Amy said. Otherwise, that would be a weird thing to say. I believe Amy. What'd she say? I don't know. Well, how can you say you believe her? I had to hear what she had to say, and then I can make my choice to believe that or not believe that. When it comes to believing God, which is a, I gave you two examples, that is a, that's Bible language, not, not, not just I believe in God, I believe God, that can only exist if I know what He said. And if I don't want, now if I don't know what He said, I don't have anything to believe. There's not even a possibility for me to believe God if I don't know what God has said. So this is where we narrow. This is where we get more refined. We get more specific in our faith. And some say, well, I'm going to pray and I have faith. You have faith for what? Well, I believe God. You believe God what? All right. What did he say? What specifically is, is, is it that he told you? Uh, sometimes we use this language. What verse are you standing on? What scripture are you using? You want me to pray with you? Happy to. What, what, what verse are we going to use? What promise? What redemptive fact? What are, we, what are we taking to the Father and saying, Father, you said it in your word. Father, you did this for me. And based upon that, I'm believing you. I believe what you said is true in my life. Like Abraham, he was able to say, I'm the father of many nations. Where'd you get that, man? Got that from the father. Got that from God. And that's necessary for all of us to have that. We cannot be specific, and therefore we cannot be successful in our life of faith unless we know what he said. All right, so specific number one, we believe whatever God said. Number two, number two, ready? Was we need to believe that whatever we say will be done. So not, as it, not, not only is it important that we believe what God said, we have to next believe what we say. Now, I'm not advocating faith in self. People always talk about, oh, just believe in yourself. I haven't found that verse, all right? Just believe in yourself, okay? I have found believe in God. I have believe Him, but... I have found this. Believe what you say. I need to believe what I say. We, we, we studied this a bit last week. In fact, turn over to Mark chapter 11 so we can read that one and then I want to get to the next verse. Uh, I need to believe what I say. I can't be just saying crazy stuff and random things through my life and have any kind of confidence in my own words. And Jesus taught us that faith is not only in God and in what He said, but faith is also in what we say. Yeah? In Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says, nope, back up, verse 23, there we go. <laughs> Jesus said, whatever things you ask. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. Verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. You notice there's no God in there. He didn't say if you believe what God says. He said, you have to believe what you say. 
He didn't say whatever God says will happen. He said, no. He said, whatever you say will happen. Yeah? You see how that's a part of a faith life? And if all I'm taught is whatever God says is going to happen, that's incorrect. My goal is to align my words with His words. But I must be a part of the process. I must be a part of the equation. It's not just about what God says. It is about what I say. This has an impact and has the ability to move my mountain. So many times people are taught, it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I believe, it's all God. Okay, that's contrary to what God the Son taught. Yeah, so are your words important? Yes. Not only must they be right words, true words, accurate words, faith words, um, they must be faith words. They must be believed, believed words. Amen. And then number three, this is what I get from, uh, from Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Okay, so we're going to believe whatever God says. We're going to believe what we say will come to pass. And number four has to do with prayer. But look at Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Uh, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe, period. Is that what it said? Just believe. Well, when you pray, just believe. What's our question to just believe? Believe what? And Jesus said, believe that. He didn't say just believe. He said, believe this in particular. This is, the, this is what you're supposed to be- believe when you go uh, asking. When you make a request to the Father, this is what you're supposed to believe. Well, I believe in God. Fine, but that will not get your prayer answered. Well, I believe, you know... You can believe a whole bunch of things. But this is what causes your prayer to be answered. See this? I'm so thankful for this verse. It reads, he said, Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Our goal is having them. What causes us to have them? Be, so say believing. Believing that you receive them. Or I like this verse because I think it's accurate here in the, in the tenses uh, from the, the NIV translation. And it reads, it reads this way, uh, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. My goal in this scenario is for it to be mine. What causes it to be mine? I must believe that I have have received it. When is the have? The have is when I pray. The have is when I asked. I believe at that point that I have received it. If I will do that, I will have it. Amen. And you see how this is, uh, uh, this is uh, somewhat contrary to what many individuals believe when they pray. They'll say all day long, I believe God and I believe this and that. Um, But understand that this language is different than a person saying, I believe that God can do it. Well, I prayed and I believe that God can do it. Well, that's a good belief. I believe that God can do it, but that will not get your prayer answered. It might assist, (laughs) might help to believe in God's ability. Certainly, certainly. But will that cause you to have it? 
I believe that God can. Come on, talk to me now. Will that cause you to have it? It will not. He does not say, believe that God can do it and you'll have it. That's a wrong belief. Amen. He also didn't say here, believe when you pray, believe that God will do it. We get up from prayer to, I, I believe God, I believe God's going to do it. I believe God's going to do it. He's going to fix it. Give me this. He's going to answer this. Well, that's not going to work for you. Say, well, does it really matter? If it didn't matter, why did Jesus get so specific in his teaching about what we are to believe? We are to believe that what? We have received it. Not believe that we are going to receive it. See, that's just a little difference. How can that make such a big deal? Well, how about, how about Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. What if we just change that just a tiny bit? Take out the and put in a. I am a way, a truth, and a life. How many know that changes the whole Bible? The whole gospel is, is thrown on its head just like that by changing one little tiny word. Jesus was very specific here because this is what makes the difference. When you pray, you believe that, not just anything, you believe that you have received. When? Then. Have past tense. So when I asked, I got it right then. Well, I I believe that God has His timing for these things. Well, you just messed it up. That belief will totally cripple your prayer life. That belief will totally keep God's promises out of your life. Unless it's something He told you that's for a specific time in the future, fine. But if it's a redemptive promise, it's past. And if you say, I believe that, uh, I believe it's going to happen. Well, it's not. Am I being too strong with this? If at minimum, uh, I get you to think about this and, and discuss I think this is one of the most important understandings we can have about the faith life and about our prayers. We've got to get things in the now. If I get up from my prayer and say, I believe that God's going to do it, I am in that statement saying, I believe that God didn't do it when I asked Him. I believe that I got nothing when I pray, but I believe it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Everybody okay? See, it's very precise, but that's what we're looking for. Believe that you received it when you prayed. Now it's going to happen. Now I'm going to have it. Meaning, I'm going to see it, I'm going to feel it, it's going to be in the physical world, but that is contingent upon my belief that I get it when I pray. Hallelujah. So meditate on these things. Consider them more and more. You'll find that there are other uh, specific things that... uh, Let me give you a couple examples in Scripture that we are to believe. Not just random, I believe, I believe in God. We are told to have faith in in His name, in the name of Jesus. That's Acts 3.16, faith in the name. See, that's, that's more focused. We're told to have faith in His power, faith in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2.5, faith in the power of God. We are, we are told to believe in His love. Believe in His love. 1 John 4, 16. 
Okay? You see the, the specific nature of our believing and how it has a real impact. If we could do a whole series on believing in God's love, and it would, I mean, it would shake us up in a very good way. Believing in His love. But that's different than just, just general, I believe in God, I believe, you know, I can fly. And, and. No, you don't. Say that's figurative. Okay, fine, whatever. But you don't believe you can fly. <laughs> you don't have a promise on that. But can you? Would it, would it change your life in, in ways beyond imagination if you would believe in His love for you? That is so huge. That is so... If you believe, had faith in the power of God, the operation of God's ability towards you, would that change your life? Huge, huge. But these specific beliefs, this is why we read the Word daily. You do that, right? This is why we meditate on the Scripture. This is why we teach in settings like this. It's why we have these discussions. Because they all impact our believing. And that fixes everything. It fine-tunes. It makes it more accurate and precise. And it strengthens our ability to trust God and to believe Him in the midst of impossible circumstances and situations. It's why we're doing what we're doing here now. I do not take this lightly. This, what we're doing right here, is huge. It will literally turn a ship around. It will make the difference between life and death and blessing and cursing. It will make the difference in longevity or brevity of life in a quality of our existence. It will make a difference in how we are to reach the world. We fine-tune and strengthen our beliefs in what God has said. And in that, we excel. In that, He is glorified. In that, the will of God is accomplished in the earth today. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow.